Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Washington offers a block. The blitz comes from the other side to Quell Jackson. And now again to Quell Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owen and DeQuell Jackson, bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. Brady, middle, intercepted by DeQuell Jackson. Playfield, Ryan, intercepted, picked off at the five, touchdown DeQuell Jackson. What's going on, Colts Nation? We are back, and DeQuell is still on hiatus due to, you know, real-life events uh, taking care of, uh, keeping him away. Uh, We still wish him the best of luck, but we have another great guest today. I'd like to welcome in Kevin Bowen of 107.5. Yes, sir. Right? The fan? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, In case you guys don't follow, listen, know that there's people out there that don't know who you are, which I I can't believe that there wouldn't be, uh, but there may be. Why don't you take a moment, give people a little bit of, uh, tell people a little bit about yourself and where they can find you. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, cover the Colts for about a decade now. Lawrence K. Bowen, 1070 on Twitter. Um, hosts a morning show here in Indianapolis. Uh, like you said, 107.5, the fan there from 7 to 10 a.m. Every single morning with Jake Query alongside. And then a podcast, Kevin's Corner, which is strictly Colts. Do that about once a week. And uh, it's been a while since we've chatted. I don't know, maybe training camp. So uh, always enjoy hopping on with you, man. So thanks for asking me. Yeah, last time we spoke was training camp. Uh, I'm sorry for not getting a hold of you, but <laughs> you're good. Actually, I think I did DM you a little bit earlier on, uh, right before the season started, uh, when we were talking about the quell and I yeah. hosting the show. So great get. Yes. Great. Uh, the quell's awesome. Uh, I think, I think people who listen to the podcast think he's awesome too. Um, yeah. <laughs> top five quote, honestly, I would say in my time covering the Colts. Really? What's that? No, j- just in general, like top five, oh. like quote, uh, not one individually, but yeah, I would say just the like consistency. Just, just to and, to. Yeah. I mean, after win or loss, you just, you need someone's going to stand up there and take it. And he did. And a uh, variety of things. Obviously I think his Cleveland background is great because he's seen it, you know, at a different level than what we're used to here uh, covering this franchise. So uh, yeah, he is, uh, he's one of a kind. Who doesn't like a little extra money? Well, if you're into gambling, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of your basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, even Vegas casino games action. You can just head on over to the updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V. Five zero to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. We only have a short period of time today to get this uh, podcast done, so we're going to jump right in. The Indianapolis Colts coming off of one Saturday primetime game, walking into another Saturday primetime game. They come off a really big emotional win against the Patriots walking into Arizona this weekend against one of the best on the season in the NFC. They have lost a little bit as of recently, 
Um, what are your thoughts on this Arizona Cardinals team that, that the Colts are walking into against? Yeah, I mean, certainly what a difference a month and a half makes. You know, really, I think ever since that Green Bay game on Thursday night, um, they've just been a bit of a tailspin. And, you know, for their fan base, it probably feels like a little bit of deja vu from what happened late last year for them. Injuries have played a big part. You know, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins and just kind of several starters in and out of the lineup as well. Uh, and you look out west, you know, it's, it's or I should say in the NFC, it's so important to, you know, yes, you want to win the division. You really want to avoid that 4-5 matchup because that 4-5, you know, right now it would be the Rams as the 5C, whereas you get into the 1, 2, or 3, obviously the 1, five, the 2, or the 3 seed, you're going to play like a Minnesota or a Saints team or an Eagles team, you know, in round one. And that's obviously the matchup you would want much more than, you know, facing a Rams team or somebody like that. So um, at the start of the year, I love this matchup. Uh, probably has lost a little bit of its luster. But I still really looking forward. I think anytime you watch Kyler Murray, uh, he's really really fun to watch. Absolutely. Speaking of Kyler Murray and that offense, oh my goodness, uh, they they are on a slide as we talked about. But I mean, they're still a really really good offense, averaging over 370 yards a game, 255 through the air, and two or 121 on the ground. And plus, they score 27 points a game. So this this. Indianapolis Colts defense really does have its hands full, even without DeAndre Hopkins, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think if healthy, I think, you know, uh, James Conner and um, um, uh, what's his name? Chase Edmonds, r- really good, you know, duo there. I think different kind of complementary skill sets as well. Um, and obviously Kyler Murray is someone that, you know, can be extremely dynamic and extending plays. You'll ask Darius Leonard just before we – started recording just the similarities about the rush plan with Murray versus the rush plan of a Lamar Jackson. The thing about Murray is when he gets out of that pocket, you know, laterally, he is looking to throw, you know, Jackson is looking to primarily make plays with his legs and he's not afraid to, you know, continue to try and make plays, even though he might take a hit or something like that. Whereas Murray again is more of extend to throw. And for the most part, he's probably looking to, you know, get out of bounds, you know, things like that. His body size obviously is much different. So, um, I'm going to be fascinated to watch just that pass rush plan. Uh, the Colts executed it at times against dual threat quarterbacks like Josh Allen pretty well, uh, mm-hmm. but still Murray is unique in that. And without Hopkins and you know, Rondell Moore being a little bit banged up, um, I do think it's important for him, for Arizona's sake, to try and extend and, and create plays um, up front. So uh, it'll be fun to watch that, that matchup um, and just kind of see where Arizona's at psyche-wise. You know, a shorter week for them traveling back, you know, multiple time zones. You know, how do they handle that? Um, they need a win to get in, but obviously they still have a couple weeks left to clinch a spot. And, you know, they honestly, they probably don't even have to win another game. They, they could still get in with that. But um, there just seems to be more of the panic sense of urgency for them, whereas the Colts are in a boat of the sense of urgency is just to keep it going and try to continue to push towards the playoffs. Not really a panic mode at all here, based off how well they've played over the past few months. So I'm looking at the defense overall for the Arizona Cardinals, and it looks incredibly good. Uh, actually, I, I'm looking at this. This can't be right. 210 yards passing allowed, and 112.8 yards rushing allowed, and they only give up 20 points a game. But then you go and look at their yards per carry they give up it's yeah. it, it becomes really obvious that 
teams are playing from behind against them. They give up on the run because they give up 4.7 yards a carry. Is this a game that Jonathan Taylor could really kind of put in his back pocket if he needs to? Boy, you know, if he needs to have any more reasons to smile this week, I would say seeing that, you know, 27th against the run yards per carry. And last week against Detroit, uh, a guy by the name of Craig Reynolds, who sounds like a 1980s baseball player more than he does an NFL running back, uh, he goes off for, what do you have, I think over 110 mm-hmm. against against Arizona. So, you know, since the Watt injury, I think that's been a big one. Uh, again, they've been a little bit banged up in the front seven this week. Isaiah Simmons, uh, Jordan Phillips, one of their defensive tackles, showing up on the injury report as well. So, yes, this does have the makings of, you know, similar to New England and probably worse than New England, you know, you're going to have to commit a lot of resources to stop Jonathan Taylor in this rushing attack. It's not just going to be – you know, Tampa Bay maybe feeling a little bit better about their front six or front seven, something like that. Uh, you're going to have to commit a lot. So uh, I think that's kind of music to the ears, to the Colts, seeing that. Uh, again, they've been a little bit banged up as well at the corner position. I really like Buda Baker. Uh, love his style and kind of how he plays. Vance Joseph is a guy that, you know, has a good reputation as a defensive, you know, minded coach. And similar to Matt Eberflus here, he, he handles that entire operation out there. Uh, but, yes, on paper – you know, from a rushing game standpoint. And certainly if you want to talk MVP, you want to talk national spotlight, the ability for Taylor to go off, uh, you can check a whole lot of boxes on Saturday night. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, lab-grown diamonds from Lightbox have cracked the science of sparkle and created the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they could create stones in bluish pink and beautiful blue, as well as your classic white. Light box lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off. Just visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. Um, let's let's move to the, the passing game because everyone who watched that game was not impressed with Carson Wentz uh, in that game and, and the passing attack. 12 passes, five attempts. Had three balls that legitimately could be intercepted. He had one that actually was. Uh, is there any matchups through the air that you like against this Arizona Cardinals team? Yeah, I'm curious. You know, Robert Alford, their corner, one of the corners has been a little bit banged up. Um, you know, they got Quincy Wilson's younger brother there. And uh, when I think of him, I think of him, was he throwing a towel or throwing a shoe back against LSU or something like that college day. So the discipline there for him, uh, I, I think it's something that maybe you can expose, but you know, to your point about this passing offense, Lawrence, outside of the pass rush, it's the biggest concern for me moving forward. Um, if you really look at the numbers, you know, Frank Reich uses a, a, because you got to get away from fantasy numbers when you look at the, the passing offense. You got to look at the efficiency numbers. Yeah. And yards per attempt is a really key uh, metric that, that Frank Reich uses. And the yards per attempt baseline that he likes to use is um, 7.5 for the yards per attempt. And if you look at this passing offense over the last two months, I want to say Carson has eclipsed that only twice. And a mm. lot of those yards per attempt numbers have kind of hovered around five which is wow. really, really small, you know, um, that's, you know, worse than really Jacoby Brissett had. So 
again, no one is expecting 300-yard passing days when Taylor's going off for 150 or, or more, but you are expecting more efficiency, especially because, theoretically, teams should be committing more to Taylor. Therefore, you know you should have more favorable situations in the pass game. It, and some of it is on Carson, and some of it's certainly on, I think, a wide-out tight end core that's just not as dynamic as you need it to be. And outside of Michael Pittman, it just really struggles for guys to win one-on-one matchups. So um, that is something, I think, to keep an eye on. You know, Frank Reich was asked earlier in the week about, you know, is there a point in the season where you're going to have to have Carson go win you a game? Uh, if you're going to have to get on a run in the playoffs, there probably is. Having said that, Lawrence, I mean, hell, just no one seems to be able to stop Taylor. So, you know, it, it, until that happens, you don't need to put as much on the plate of, of Carson as, as maybe some teams would like to put on that plate. But uh, I think that is when you're talking about potentially having to win three road playoff games to get on a run in a wide open AFC your quarterback's going to have to play, and your passing offense is going to have to play at a higher level. So going into this game, uh, last week against the the Patriots, the Patriots crowded that line, had uh, loaded boxes 48% of the time, if, if, if I remember correctly. Is that something that the Colts should worry about? Is that something that they should uh, look to – uh, maybe try to adjust with offensive line, you know, different personnel on the field, maybe spreading, you know, having more of a spread offense, or should they just look at it and go, you know what, Taylor's doing great against it. We'll just, we'll just keep pounding it with, you know, uh, 21, 31 personnel or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, certainly there's an element of what we just talked about. Can you take advantage of it with some of that passing offense to where, you know, do you load up with a couple tight ends? But maybe you're still able to make some plays, you know, out of that with some favorable matchups. That's not a guarantee, but I think that's something that you have to look into. Uh, but to your point, you know, running it out of um, some three wide receiver sets, even Hines and Taylor on the field at the same time, that's something Frank's never been afraid to do. And like Pascal and Doolin and Pittman are all thought to be very good blocking wideouts. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do think that's something that is wise to explore. Off the top of my head, I don't feel like they did a whole lot of that against New England. I know in general, Hilton didn't play too much in that game uh, just based off kind of his normal output there. Um, So I'll be curious to see if that trend continues. Uh, But yeah, I think it's a good point you make up because no matter who you play to close out the year, get used to the eight-man boxes. And yes, there's times where you've got to do things differently on your end. I also think there's times where you still got to run it at them. I mean, look at at the last play. I mean, look at the 67-yard touchdown run. Did your O-line block it up enough? And I thought Kylan Granson had a nice block on the, on the left mm-hmm. side on that play. Did they give you – did they give Taylor an opportunity to get three or four yards? Yes. They also gave Taylor enough space to put his foot in the ground and make two guys miss. And at the end of the day, you drafted, you traded up with Jonathan Taylor for a reason. It's to make some guys miss. So there is that balance of like, yes, you want to go with your passing offense. You want to make some plays off that in favorable matchups. But at the same time, your best player still has to touch the ball a good amount because he just ha- he has the ability to make plays that you know not every back, not many backs, certainly in this league, can do. Well, a lot of teams um, in the NFL say that they want to win with uh, you know all three phases of the game. The Indianapolis Colts do that. Their special teams have been absolutely phenomenal this year and have been in recent years as well. But, I mean, 
every week you expect to see some kind of fantastic play by the special teams, whether it's a block punt, whether it's pinning a team back on like the one yard line or a, a nice return, something of that nature. Uh, how much does that this special teams help this Colts team win football games? Yeah, I think it's a great point that that you bring up and obviously we're starting to see more of more praise i think go to that unit and rightfully so i think hard knocks is helping out and just the bubba ventron story is is a pretty cool story um they've always controlled field position really well but now they're taking it to another level and just i mean when you block a punt and return for a touchdown i don't know the stat but i bet it's like you win over 80 85 percent of your games in the nfl um and like you know Sometimes I think that if you take out this play, what could happen? But, like, just for, you know, argument's sake, well, let's do that. I mean, you take out that block punt on Saturday night, who knows what happens in that game. Um, so I do feel like what your linebackers have done, in particular the speeds of the world, you know, the Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams, Ashton Doolin, we're, we're recording this before the Pro Bowl team is announced. To me, he should be a Pro Bowler. Um, with what he's done this year on special teams. Uh, brilliant job by Chris Ballard and Bubba Ventrone. Clearly, Frank Reich thinks highly of Bubba Ventrone. I mean, think about the two times Frank has had to miss for COVID and then a death in the family a few years ago. It's been Bubba Ventrone as the interim head coach. I think that says a lot about what they think about him as well. So when you're formulating a blueprint for January football, we forget about special teams. And the return game hasn't been, you know, there's been times certainly where I think High or uh, Rodgers has provided a little bit of a kick for you in the kick return. It's not like you've broken a bunch this year, but you've controlled field position. You've con- you've you've created opportunities to score points, and for the most part, you, you you've kicked it fairly well. Um, which again, all of those are vitally important to getting it done in January. Andrew Sandejo suffered a concussion uh, in the game against the Patriots. Is there any news on him or who might be replacing him if he can't come back? Yeah, we haven't gotten an update there. He missed the first practice of the week. You know, typically when you have a concussion, if you haven't practiced by day two, uh, that practice, you aren't going to play in that week's game. So um, George Odom was on the injury report for an illness, non-COVID, but he did practice on the first day of the week. So I would assume Odom would slide into that role next to uh, next to Kari Wills. And other guys with illnesses, uh, obviously, Rocky Sin, uh dealing with an illness. Uh, is there any, any update on that or do you know? Yeah, again, not non COVID. Um, you know, we saw Bobby O'Karake miss a couple days for an illness a few weeks ago. I mean, we've seen the whole gamut, you know, Jordan Wilkins misses multiple weeks. So you just, you don't get a lot of clarity on those, unfortunately, but you know, rocks key because, you know, like we talked about earlier, Arizona, I think ideally, you know, wants to spread you out even without Hopkins and playing a lot of receivers. So, um, you, you're probably going to have to you know, get into a little bit of your depth. Uh, should the Indianapolis Colts expect another start by Danny Pinter uh, with Ryan Kelly still dealing with that awful uh, situation that happened with him and his family? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I part of me is like, unfortunately, I don't know that. But part of me is like, I, I'm really not going to pry yeah. deep on that. You know, I asked Frank Reich yesterday, just out of curiosity, is Ryan back in the building? Uh, I thought Frank gave a, you know, really detailed answer about it and saying, give him as much time as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's back tomorrow, AKA Wednesday, or if he's back next week, that's totally fine. So the thing about it this week is if you do go with Pinter, 
this week it would be, you know, if, again, Ryan Kelly uh, isn't back, it'd be three days of practice. Whereas last week, you know, he only had that one day of practice when Ryan missed Thursday's final practice of the week. Yeah, that's it's, it's rough. I mean, the, the outpour, I mean, once everybody found out really why he was having that situation, that's just, it's rough for anybody. And uh, my my thoughts and prayers go out to Ryan Kelly and his family. Um, if if by chance you happen to to see or hear this, yeah. Um, so, well, we're 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 coming in. We've got about six minutes left because I said that we we would cut this short about twenty five minutes, and we're sitting at about nineteen. I want to know what. How do you think that this this weekend will end up going? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what type of Arizona team shows up. Um, again, we kind of laid it out earlier. You know, on paper, they have an offense that I think tests some of the major weaknesses, or I guess some of the major question marks, I should say, about um, you know, Kyler Murray and, and those wideouts can do a whole lot of damage to you and do a lot of off-script stuff, um, which I think is just, it's just hard. There's a reason Arizona did and is 10-4 and four and did, you know, whatever, win their first seven of the seven games of the season, something like that. So I am curious to see that. Uh, but at the same time, you look at what they've done against the run and what the Colts have done. Boy, you talk about playing keep away and limiting possessions. And to me, if you can jump on them early, been a staple, uh, that could be the difference in the game. You know, it seems like Arizona's teetering a little bit. Well, give them a reason to get on the ropes. Give them a reason to get a little chirpy on the sideline with each other. I think if you do that, now all of a sudden, you know, they might break a little bit easier than some other teams would or break if they're playing from ahead or if they feel like they're in the game um, a little bit more. So, um, you know, I saw what's the line, like one or two points I think Arizona's favored by. I was a little surprised by that. Um, Obviously the home field is worth three points. So, you know, Vegas thinks the Colts are the better team, but I, I, I would be surprised if the Colts blew Arizona out. I, I, I still think it's going to be a pretty competitive game. Um, and, you know, if you're a Colts fan, and you're kind of looking at these final three games, certainly with the division still on the line, you want to win out. Uh, but really the game, if you had to pick one game to definitely get over the next three weeks, it'd be the Raiders game um, with, with them one of the other nights. So um, I still think you win two, you're definitely going to get in. And if you win one, um, some things could fall fall your way. So I think Cleveland losing the other night was was important for you. Um, real quick, I had a question uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I thought I'd bring it up to you. I brought it up uh, earlier to uh, Holder uh, on the last episode, Stephen Holder. And what do you think the chances are that 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 the Titans could end up losing enough and the Colts winning out to be able to take the AFC South? You know, it's funny, Lawrence. Um, I guess I'll throw this to you. You think better chance the Titans go? One and two, or the Colts go three and zero oh, here down the stretch. Titans have got the 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. We I think it's. Be- the I, I think that's better that the. I think there's a better chance the Colts go three and zero oh yeah. with with their with their schedule they have left. I mean, the toughest game, really, in my opinion, is this Saturday against the Cardinals. The Raiders are up and down, and they've right. dealt with so much, you know, drama over the season, and the Jaguars or the Jaguars. The, the Titans are expected to get some of their guys back, right? Yeah, and yeah, AJ you know, Brown, really... I think is off, coming off IR maybe mm-hmm. for Thursday night. So, yeah, I um, 
you know, Thursday seems like such a big game. You know, if you're going to look at the final three for them, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans, it kind of goes in order, I think, of difficulty. You know, the hardest ones are 49ers. Then they'd have 10 days to get ready for the Dolphins. And then they're going to have the Texans the final week of the year. So, man, I they are falling apart, but I I got to think they go, they win two of their three. I just, I'm not sold on Miami. I get Miami's got on this big run, but, you know, I, I'm not sold on them. So, I'm still probably in kind of the last one to like really focus on the division camp. You know, I'm still more of kind of locked into the wild card. And, you know, I know Ursay was tweeting a lot during Sunday of that Titan Steelers game about that. I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, that's a little greedy, you know, like, you know, to be like, you punch the ticket and, and then, and then go from there. Well, he is the uh, owner. So, I mean, he, he wants to, he he's always looking for best case scenarios, right? He definitely wants that home playoff game, which I totally get that from a financial sense and all of that. So, mm-hmm. um, tomorrow will be big though, because what tomorrow night would be is if they lose now, all of a sudden their backs are squarely against the wall. Um, now the Colts got to do their part because the magic number still is a combination of Colts losses and Titans wins. But, um, yeah, I would say right now I'm, I'm putting it at like 70, 30 that the Titans, well, I'll probably put it like 80, 20 Titans still win the division. Uh, but again, Thursday night, all of a sudden, if that doesn't go their way, now they're feeling it a whole lot more than they probably felt at any point over the last couple of months. Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking time out uh, after the press conferences to come on and record with me so much. Uh, uh, take one moment again, uh, tell people who, uh, a little bit about yourself and where they can find you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so 7 to 10 a.m. every morning right here in Indianapolis. Um, fans can check out my Twitter profile, KBO and 1070. That'll direct you in the right kind of listening, stream, YouTube, podcast, all those things. Uh, then I also have my own podcast called Kevin's Corner which is a little bit more uh, Colts-centric day in and day out. So, Lawrence, have a great Christmas. Happy New Year, man. Um, hope everything's going well in your world. Congrats again with uh, Dequel and everything, and uh, hopefully we can catch up in the offseason. Absolutely. Same with you. And this was Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. Until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Kevin Bowen with me. And until next time, as usual, go Colts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.